Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663. 800-411-BOND. No. Yeah, BOND. Right? Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at it, too. Isn't that amazing? The eyes can trick you. I'm looking at it and not believe me what I see. Also, you can email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, and I will respond today. And good morning, everybody here. Good morning. You know, you know what I thank God for today? Is the weather is back. The beautiful sunshine is back. Isn't that nice? I know. We paying taxes and then we got to have bad weather. It's not a good idea. And I leave my home at 545 to get to the studio to do my radio show. And it's like 38 and 46 degrees. I feel like God was punishing us. <laughs> I'm like, what have we done? And I think he is mad that we allowed them to raise taxes on us and do all that crap. And then I would call to Indiana to my family. And they were like, oh, it's real nice out here. It's like 50 and 60 degrees. I'm like, oh, wow. So it did feel like a punishment. And it looked like it was going to last forever. But I am glad the sunshine is back. Some people say they like cold weather because it's easier to heat up than it is to cool up. But I like the summer weather. I'm, I'm, I'm African. <laughs> Huh? Uh, and speaking of African, you notice I have an afro right now? That's classified as an afro, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my afro is gone. And the reason for it is that my barber is out of town on vacation. And I, I miss two, you know, I go every other week I get a haircut. So I call him up, and he's on his way out of town yesterday. And uh, so I'm stuck with an Amer- uh, Afro until next week. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like an Afro? It does. Thank you. <laughs> I noticed this morning when I was trying to comb it, it has all these little nappy things sticking up. You know, the little frizz stuff. Uh, you got to use a brush. I, I use it, but it won't stay down. So I, I use the brush. But if I had a Marifro, it wouldn't have that issue. <laughs> so forgive me for my sin. Um, I want to talk to you about the power of love. The power of love. And the reason is, there are several reasons, but tomorrow, the uh, 21st of January, is Martin Luther King Jr.'s day, right? His day. It's a holiday. It's a national holiday, I believe. It is national, right? Yes. Uh, national holiday tomorrow. And they're showing movies of him and things like that on TV right now. And so I, I had a chance to watch a little bit of it this morning as I was getting dressed. And I was reminded of how black Americans, not all, not all, not all, but most, missed the most important aspect of Martin Luther King Jr. And that was he tried to be an example and introduce black folks to love, to love our enemies, to love one another, and they missed that. Dr. King said that, made such a powerful point. He said that he went to visit with Gandhi, and Gandhi had a, a nonviolent movement going over in India or wherever he was. And Dr. King said that Gandhi said to him, and I, and I know that this is true, he said to him, uh, black Americans coming out of slavery in a non-violent way with love will impact the world for the good. And, and I've been saying that too for years. 
that, wow, if blacks had love coming out of slavery in this country because we are the, you know, the city on the hill, it could impact not only America, but the world for the good. We could have changed the world. Just imagine overcoming slavery completely and have no bitterness at all toward your enemies that you live with. You live in the same town, same city, go to the same supermarket, work together, and black people coming out of that with no hatred, no nothing but love in their heart. That would have changed the world. And I think what has happened is that black Americans have once again, or I don't know, once again, but missed a great opportunity to be a great people. And that is because they did not come out of that situation with love. And not all, but most. And the greatest thing that you can have is love. And the greater the, the greater the situation that you're dealing with is, it is a great opportunity for the world to see God in you. If you deal with a, a bad situation with perfect love, and slavery, quote unquote, was a bad situation, but they did not come out of it with that. When they celebrate Dr. King's day tomorrow and today, however long they're celebrating it, it's going to be about hate. It's going to be about the past. It's going to be about what they need today. They need more affirmative action, more of this. And America is still a racist society. And it's just so sad. It really is sad. <laughs> They, um, what happened when Dr. King was assassinated, the traitors of the movement took over, you know, people like Jackson and the NAACP and others, and they turned a, 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 a message of love into hate. And most black Americans fell for it because these guys were a part of Dr. King's group. They were like dis- disciples of Martin Luther King Jr., and so <clears throat> by black Americans being blinded, blinded, they just assumed that the message that Jackson and other had was Dr. King's message, and it wasn't. And so what I realized from that is that these guys who were following Dr. King around, protesting with him and carrying on with him, but yet they didn't know what he was about either. They did not know what he was about. They missed the message. Because their hearts were dark, were darkened, and they couldn't see where it was dark, and they couldn't see where Martin Luther King was coming from. So they passed hatred down. They went for selfish motives to empower themselves. And today, not all, not all, but most black Americans are suffering. Well, I started to say unnecessarily, but it didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to be, and they missed the mark. And I know some people say, oh, Dr. King was, he cheated on his wife. Some people call him a cheater, an adulteress. Some say he was gay. Some say he was a, a, a communist and all that crap. I don't know if that was true or not, but I can care less about that. I care about the message that he brought that would have freed us up as black folks in this country. And we could have made this country such a powerful place, but instead... They fell for hatred, and now they're blind and can't see, and they're weakening the country instead of empowering the country. And it's just such an unnecessary, evil thing that happened to them. And it's rough because so many generations have gone by now, and this message of hatred have been passed on, and they're not getting it now. It's just self-destruction now. And even Jesus Christ said that um, the greatest commandment is that we love him and love one another as ourselves. Now, how do you get to that kind of understanding? Because a lot of people say, oh, I love you. I love my kids. I love my wife or my husband. I love my enemy, but they don't. Because I'm, I'm thinking about this this morning. How do I tell the people how to get to the kind of love 
that Martin Luther King Jr., Jesus Christ, Gandhi, and others were talking about. Because when you look back on history, it seems that even the people who follow the ones with this love don't get it either. It's like the closest people to the man did not get it. If they had it, they would not have passed on hatred. They would not have done what they did to this great nation. And it was so interesting in, I have this thick book of Martin Luther King Jr.'s writings. Is, uh, you know, and when you read his writing, you can get the special message from it. It's all about love. And, and God, the tougher, the tougher my Luther King situation was, the greater the love he came through him. And he would just, he personally would just overcome stuff. And you look at this guy, he didn't seem very bright, you know, it, but brightness shined through him. It wasn't like an intellectual thing. You could see that he had this real kind of love in him. When he first started out, he was like a simple kind of a guy. It wasn't his idea to go out and become Martin Luther King Jr. to change the world. You know, it was given to him to do. He found himself in that situation. And, and that's why, how God going to work through all of us. He's given us a, a purpose in life, right? And if we can connect with love, we'll find ourselves doing what his desire is for us on earth. There is something really nice about real love. And most people do not have it. They want it. I believe most people want it. But they just don't know how to get past the crap to get to that kind of love. It is something else when you really, really watch and understand what Dr. King was all about, or Jesus Christ, and the people who was able to change the world. That's why I believe that one person can change the world. One person can, right? If you have that kind of power of love inside of you, you can change the world. You don't need a crowd. And when you have that kind of love, never, ever, 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 but never think that you're not going to have great challenges. You're going to have issues with your families, family members in your own family. You're going to have issues with your friends, your enemies. But it's only happening to you so that you can grow stronger in love and become a light of the world so that others can see it and their lives will change too. It's not personal that these challenges are happening. But the first instinct of angry people is to get mad about the challenge. They do not want to allow life to happen. They want it to go the way that they want it to be. And, it, and when you try to control life like that, it's only going to get worse for you, and you become an example of darkness and not of love. Uh, just think about this. Down in Montgomery, Alabama, Martin Luther King Jr. was able to um, influence people to go on a bus strike for almost a year. And he wasn't, it wasn't something that he planned to do, but one thing led to another. He wasn't even surprised by that. One thing, one action led to another action that led to another action that brought on the boycott. And he was absolutely surprised by it. And I noticed that he went through several, several bad situations, what seemed to be bad, but he dealt with them perfectly, and he became a better person for it. And one thing led to another. Just like in, when we sin, if you notice that if you sin just a little bit, then you go back for a little bit more, and then one thing leads to another one, one thing leads to another one, one thing until you finally destroy yourself. Well, good work the same way, too. Have you noticed that? And you can't, because we are blinded and can't see, you don't even see the destruction that's coming. You don't see when you're in sin. Even when you're walking by the light, you don't see what good is bringing on either. Because when you walk by the light, you live in the present, and all that exists is right now. So you don't see what's coming up next. Same thing in sin. When you taste sin a little bit, you taste it again. And when you taste it again, you taste it again, again until you destroy it yourself. But we got to come to love so that we'll be 
we will become alive rather than destroying ourselves. I am, uh, so just imagine Dr. King was able to influence Montgomery, Alabama, black people to walk to work, to walk to the grocery stores, to walk to church, to church and not uh, ride the bus. Just by his example, he didn't even force them to do it. It just happened through him. We can have the same kind of influence. <laughs> we, we really can. And it, and it was so powerful the way that they did that, that the racist white people in Montgomery, Alabama, that did not want black Americans to ride at the front of the bus and call them nigger and all that kind of thing. After a while, it started to blow their mind. They didn't know what to do. You know, they were getting meetings. Oh, these niggers are not coming back. You know, the bus, the bus is going, you know, losing money, thousands of dollars, and a year is going by, and, and the niggers didn't come back yet. And this is how they were said. Right? I'm not showing you the realness of it. But I thought, what a powerful thing to do that he can influence that for the good. And then there were some people who were following Martin Luther King Jr. who missed him all. They had guns. They, wanted, they couldn't handle the pressure at times. So uh, uh, Martin Luther King's house was uh, blown up. And uh, uh, they were like, hey, let's get guns. They come with these little pitiful rifles and stuff like that. They were ready to go. And, and Dr. King was like, no, we're not going to do it that way. If you, and they're like, yeah, we got, they're going to kill us if we don't kill them first. He's like, no, I'm not going with you on this one. His house had just got blown up with his family in it. Fortunately, they were not hurt. But yet, he never got angry at the folks. He didn't hate white Americans. And they did because they couldn't see where Martin King was coming from. It was a quiet spirit in him that was influencing. It, has, it had an invisible influence on Montgomery, Alabama. And things were just were, uh, unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. It was a miracle for me to see that. I'm like, wow, this is so nice. The power of love. It, it, it's interesting in that if we have love, the real love, and our enemies come at us and they want to hurt us and they call us names and they lie about us and they do, they go nuts, right? Uh, The love that's in you by not hating them back, overreacting to them, is changing their hearts and you don't know it and they don't know it. But it's having an impact on their heart. There is something about stillness with perfect love. Not overreacting, because when a situation comes, isn't the first instant to react just like that? Get mad, do something about it. You can't, you won't get into it like that. You got to let that, you got to stand still and let those first moments pass. And Satan started talking to you, started talking to you about it. He's like, oh, you should do this. They're doing, they're doing this to you. You should do that. Don't go with it. And watch the power of love protect you, influence others. It is, folks. I'm telling you, it is something else. Um, what else I wanted to tell you about? Oh, back in 1957, I think. Let me see. 57. Oh, 58, I believe. I may have that year wrong. Martin Luther was in Harlem, New York. Um... Uh, doing a book signing or something, and some black woman came over to him and pretended that she was, oh, I'm so glad to meet you. I've been waiting to see you for a long time. And she got close enough to him to stab him in the chest and try to kill him. You know about that, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard about it a long time ago. Yeah. And she stabbed him right just in the chest to try to kill him. And uh, they had to, the doctors had to take out a couple ribs in order to get in there to take the knife out because she put it so deeply in. Uh, he got, she got so close to him. And so Martin Luther King was in the hospital, and the doctor said if he had just sneezed or anything, he could die, right? But his wife went in there and into the room, hospital room, and 
Dr. Key asked, why did she try to kill me? Why did she stab me like that? And his wife said, the woman said, the reason she did it was because Satan told, no, God told her that Martin Luther King was evil and that she should kill him. Isn't that amazing? How God going to tell you to go and kill Martin Luther King? <laughs> and you're going to believe it and go do it. But, but she was, her hatred, uh, you know, she allowed Satan to convince her with that hatred in her heart. And there were black people during those days that were not in support of what Martin Luther King Jr. was doing. You're going to always have that, no matter what you do. Everybody's never going to always be in agreement with you. But I have the utmost respect for Martin Luther King Jr. Because I can look beyond the physical man and I can see what was really driving him. And that's what I want in my life. And it will help you overcome the world. It will help you, it will, it will help you influence others for the good. It will help you, working through you, it will turn people who are angry into love. And not all people, of course, because some people just hate evil anyway. I mean, hate good anyway. You're not going to change, but you can influence once you come into this kind of love. And this love is quiet, unemotional, not up and down. It just is. And if you can learn in every situation, in every situation to be still in that situation, then the power of God will reveal itself to you. But the moment you overreact, you lose. Then the, then the, uh, the, the lies of Satan, because I don't, Satan doesn't have power. He is a deceiver, right? But his lies would, would uh, work through you and destroy you and everybody else. You got to come into the, emotion is not real love. You love somebody today, they make you mad, you hate them tomorrow. You love your kids today, but when they do wrong, you're mad at them. You love the preacher today, but if the preacher rebukes you, you're mad at the preacher. That's not love. And then you say, oh, I love. I'm just of love. You're not of love. You're not of love. You're of your father, the devil. I'm uh, counseling and working with a young man right now, and I'm mentioning this because the greater the challenge is the closer you come into love if you don't overreact. In America today, men are assumed guilty without proof. Men have to go and prove themselves once they're accused by women of things, right? This guy that I'm working with now is going through a divorce right now. This is like his second year he's been in this divorce. And this guy had to get a lawyer because his wife want total control over the children. What do you call that when you have total control? Custody. Yeah, custody over the children, right? And this man loved his children, loved them. And he want to, he, he want to split the custody so that the kid could be with he and their mother whenever they want to. And... Um, so he had to go and get a lawyer, and a year have, have, uh, has gone by, and this thing is still going on, because every time he get close to getting what he wants, the woman make up a lie on him. He has gone as far as to say he is violent to his children, and he sexually rubbed them or touched them in the wrong way. And he keep going back trying to prove he's... He told me, that I saw him the other day, and I, this, it just happened to be a white guy, blonde guy, and he got these two little cute, blonde, blue-eyed kids. Look like they're about seven and eight years old, boy and a girl. And when you see this man with his children, it's paradise on earth. But this situation is wearing him down. He's looking older, he looked worried, he looked hurt. Uh, so I saw him the other day, I, uh, he was sitting on a corner of a wall there smoking a cigarette and just looked worn out. I mean, because the pressure is getting to him. 
He has fear that he's going to lose his children. And he was like, I can't believe she keep doing this. You know, I don't understand why she would not want these kids to have both of us. We can't be together. That's a parent. But they should have access to both parents. And he's right about that. Uh, but the guy is stressing to the core. I'm like, man, you got to calm down. I understand the situation, but you got to calm down. You're doing the right thing. You have a good lawyer. Uh, he's concerned, too, that he's going to run out of money and he can't keep the lawyer because she keep lying on him and he have to keep going back to court to try to prove his innocence. And that costs a lot of money. So he's afraid that he's going to run out of money and he can't fight anymore and he's going to lose the kid. But he's wearing himself, this is worrying him and just dragging him down. And he's smoking cigarettes like 90 going north. He was like, I can't believe that this has happened. I have a brand new girlfriend. She has a child. We all get together. We have a good time. And she doesn't want that to happen. And so I said to him the other day, I said, listen, everything that is happening to you should be happening. And it's happening because suffering sometimes shock us and cause us to change our lives. And there is something in your life that you are not paying attention to uh, within yourself. And so you're caught up in this stuff. And the best thing to do, calm down, endure the pain, and this thing will work itself out. But you will, not only will you come out having custody of your children, you're going to come out of it a better man, closer to God. But you got to take the pain. He got pain in the head, pain in the belly, pain everywhere. You ever had that kind of pain from, from going through a situation? But I said, calm down. He's like, you know what? That sounds good. But I can't see myself doing that. <laughs> he can't even imagine. But I'm telling you, if you don't overreact to the pain, you'll come out on the other side with good. It'll shock you into goodness. It'll cause you, I don't care what mistake you made, what sin that you uh, brought up on yourself, influenced by evil, God doesn't care about that. He really doesn't care. And it's, sometimes it's unfortunate that it takes this kind of suffering to wake us up because it shouldn't have to take that. But because we're so stubborn in our ego, it does take that sometimes. But just know it is happening. And yes, it seemed to be wrong, but it is happening to make you a person of powerful love. So you need these things because you're not conscious enough to wake up without having to go through the pain. So this is just another avenue to get to where you want to go. And so what I did with this guy the other day, I sat him down and, and showed him how to do the prayer so he could learn to just calm down and deal with life. When you start to wake up, the greater the challenges are going to be. But they are okay. It's okay. Be still. Don't let Satan be telling you, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. And he's telling you, this is going to happen if you don't, that's going to happen if you don't. Martin Luther King said in one of his messages, well, at least in the movie, he said, because <laughs> I don't remember reading. Huh? Was it a movie or a It was a movie. Called King. Yes, I remember that. You remember that? Yeah. Martin Luther King said, but that story about getting stabbed, that was absolutely true. I remember that. I've read about that. Martin Luther King Jr. said one day, oh, I want to hate. He said, I want to hate these people so bad because they were attacking him, going after his families, putting rumors out there about him, lying on him about things that he was doing and were not doing. And he said, you know what? I just want to hate them. But I can't. I cannot hate them. Tears came to my eyes because I totally understand that. Sometimes people can treat you so cruelly that you just want to hate them. But when you have connected with that love, you can't hate them. It's just you're no longer connected to darkness. You've entered into that kingdom you, and now you're growing and overcoming. You can't hate. It is weird that you cannot hate. And Satan will try to tell you to hate, 
but you're locked into this love of God that you cannot hate. Isn't that amazing? So whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, if you have something to do with it and you're wrong, apologize. You know what? I'm wrong. I'm sorry. That's all. And be sincere and move on. And if they try to come at you, they, they spread rumors about you like they did with Dr. King. They did it with Gandhi. They even did it with Jesus Christ. Let them do that. Don't worry about it. Let people think what they want. And don't you try to fix the problem. In an invisible way, God is working on your behalf. And you're going to come out on the other side a better person for it. And it's amazing. And uh, Dr. King was a perfect example of that. Now, all those things they said about him, I don't know if they were true, because I know people would say some awful things about you, especially when you're doing well in life. There's a lot of jealousy and envy out there. They even said, remember when they were saying Oprah was jealous? I mean, gay one time. Did you hear that about Oprah? Yeah. Yeah. Oprah is successful. She's living her life. We may not all agree with some of the things that she agree with, but you have jealousy. You have the sons and daughters of Satan out there who don't want to see you do well. They don't want to see it. And so they'll spread rumors and they'll try to burn down your house and they will try to hurt you. You still stay still and let God work through you. You got to take it. You got to shake in your boot. You got you to you, you do it because they know not what they do. That makes sense? Yeah. Isn't that good stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it really is good stuff. Only a few people come our way who seem to have found or enter into that place of perfect love. It's only a few. Majority of people never going to get it. Never going to get it. Only the blessed will get it. Isn't that amazing? But um, one other thing, then I know I've been talking a long time, and normally I let y'all go on and on about nothing. No, I'm kidding. Um, ooh, I was thinking about Jesus when Jesus came up on the, uh, and I mentioned this last Sunday, when Jesus Christ came up and, and they were trying to stone this adulterous woman, Mary, I think her name was, and they were picking up these stones, and Jesus was like, what, what did this woman do? What did this woman do? They were like, oh, she's an adulteress. I bet you all those guys that had sex with her. <laughs> And they were all married. The ones that wanted to throw the stones, I bet they had went there and paid a couple, a goat and a cow. <laughs> and one of the ones that had been with the woman. Huh? Yeah. They had done, and that's why they wanted to stone her. But uh, he said, you know what? Let ye without sin cast the first stone. I thought that was cool. But what was really cool for me is when he looked at this woman with perfect love and said to her, go and sin no more. And in that instant, the love that was in him from God changed that woman's life. Just like that. We have the same thing in us. We have the same thing in us. Isn't that like a powerful thing when you think about it? That he was able to speak those words with non-judgment and impact her life like that. We can do it, folks. It's in us to do. It is within us to do. Let me take, uh, run the first, and then because I saw her hand a, a long time ago. And, uh, yes, ma'am. When uh, Martin Luther King got assassinated, Robert Kennedy went to Indiana and had a speech. He spoke to a crowd of people and he asked them not to riot. He asked them to show love and not hate these people. And he said, you know, my brother was killed by some crazy people too and I, and I can't show, I have to be patient with him. And that, those people did not riot, you know. Yeah. I mean, all, all over the country they rioted, but those people did not riot. And the second thing I was going to say... This One thing, other thing, hold that thought, let mm-hmm. me just say, just to pick it back. When, I, when Dr. King uh, succeeded, after he succeeded in Montgomery with the boycott of the bus, it spread it around Alabama. Other people started doing that in other 
uh, cities in Alabama. That's how powerful that was. The nonviolent movement of not hating your enemy, not picking up a stone and hurting them, but just being right in your heart. So the, the thing spread. It spread it around, and they were able to, uh, the men and women in the South were able to get on buses and do what they want. Yes. That kind of love does have a powerful influence. It's obvious from that. Yes. The other thing, so what you're saying about, I don't know what, you know, they have a lot of things. They're saying Martin Luther King was an adulterer and things like that. So it still seems like God can work through you. You know, he still had a powerful influence on the things that he did do, even though he had some flaws, some character flaws. So sometimes we might want to judge someone and say, oh, but they're doing this. And it really lets us know we can't even judge that because they still have a powerful influence to do good. Amen, a woman, amen. <laughs> amen and a woman too. <laughs> yes, ma'am. See, our minds is uh, foolish when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the mind of God. God does not see the things the way we do at all. And God forbid. Well, I don't know about God forbid thing. Let's say Dr. King did cheat on his wife, right? But because God was with him and had this upon him, God knew that. He understood Martin Luther King's heart. But the, the foolish minds, well, how can he be a man of God and he cheat on his wife? How can he be? They're judging him, but in darkness they're judging him because we don't know the mind of God. And I don't know if he did it or not, you know. I am putting I don't know, and it's not important to me. But you're right about that. And see, but what Satan tells people is that in order to do the things of God, you have to be absolutely perfect. But in reality, when you wake up, you, you start to overcome those things. You know, and you may trip up along the way, but it's no big deal to you or God because eventually it'll fade away. But the world will judge you for that because they are blinded and can't see. And see, they, they put that on you, but then if you ask them to be perfect, they say, we can't be perfect. That, that's right. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> They'll judge you for not being perfect. So if they can't be perfect, why do they think I should be perfect? Or Martin Luther King, or Jesus, or Gandhi, or anyone who's working in this manner. It's such a messed up mind. It's so evil. And one thing I want to tell you people, too, when someone come to you, and I thought about this when I read this thing about what, Marley, what they say Martin Luther King did, the wrong, quote-unquote wrong thing. When someone come to you with a so-called rumor or secret about somebody else, don't listen to them. Because the fact that they are doing that instead of going directly to the person and dropping it, they are angry and they are not telling you the truth. Because that's why they're doing it in secret. That's why they're gossiping about somebody in secret. Because they are angry. They are an angry person. And they are not coming to you with love. And they are not telling the truth about that person. So don't listen to this. A sneaky person like that is not telling the truth. Because when you're like that, you're living in darkness. And in darkness, there is no truth. So when they come to you about the rumor, even if they say, oh, I saw Joe, Joe, Joe. Well, I may not say Joe, Joe, because I may know a Joe, Joe. I saw John Doe. I don't know a John Doe. <laughs> Child, I saw John Doe drunk the other day. And they come and whisper that to you. How could he be drunk? He called himself a Christian. What a shame. You tell them to get behind you. Get behind me, Satan. Because they don't know what's, they don't know what's driving. There's more that's going on with John Doe than the alcohol itself. So they don't have any love for John Doe or you. They are children of Satan. The worst, one of the worst things that you can do in life is listen to rumors about people. And never listen to a person that bring you rumors about another person. I don't care if it's daddy or mama, sister or brother, daughter, cat or dog. Don't listen to it. It's coming straight out of hell and Satan send those people to you to influence your heart, 
to make sure you never find this powerful love that's in us. Because if you listen to this about one person, you'll listen to that about another person. And that's not love. Get behind me, Satan. All right? Don't do that. Don't you do it, and don't you listen to it. Yes, Ronnie? No, there. That was it? Yes. Such a powerful way you got yourself a Martin Luther King Jr. sitting over there. <laughs> <laughs> do you recognize that way? <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> Let me take uh, uh, in the back Jeremiah first. What do you think influenced Dr. Uh, Mr. Dr. Luther King to put his life on the line? Um, uh, God did. That was his purpose in life. Because Dr. King had no idea that that's what he would be doing. It wasn't in his uh, 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 10 plan, you know, 10 order plan, however y'all make out that stuff. What do you call that when you have your little calendar? You say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. 10 year plan. Yeah, 10 year plan or whatever. <laughs> he had no clue. This would just happen through him. He found himself doing it, it came about. So God influenced him in the same manner that he would influence all of us if we be still and allow it to happen, cut out the crap of the world, cut it out, and let it happen. He would influence. And so when your family is mad at you, let them be mad, have compassion for them. Don't go and put them down. Don't, you know, just endure it for a season. It is, it is God's it is God's will that none of us shall perish. Isn't that amazing? It is his will that none of us shall perish. And that is mind-blowing to me. And so when I saw that in Dr. King, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I wish... Do I wish this? I may wish this. I'm saying it, but I may not wish it. But it would have been nice to see it. I wish that all black Americans had been able to pick up on that message of love and, and were able to see how God was working through this man to get this done. I'm telling you, we'll be a better people today. We'll be a better nation. We'll be a better people. Families would be tighter because love would have been there. Uh, black Americans would have continued to open up their own businesses and do their own thing. Uh, we would see blacks and whites as uh, spirits and not as the color of the person, whether male or female. We would, we would have been able to make this country a country that the world would admire. And I guarantee you, other people who, who were enslaved in other parts of the world, had they seen us do this in the right way, they would have rose up. They would have ro- uh, risen up too and done the same thing because real love has that impact. It really does. It really, really does. But don't expect Satan to go and sit down and say, you know what, I've lost that one. Let me try. He's not going to do that, but because of greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, it's just going to make you better. Don't get mad about your challenges. Don't run from them. Do not get mad about them. Do not let the children of Satan whisper stuff in your ears about other people. If the people are not willing to say it, if just think about this notion. Then I'll take some more hands. Just think about this notion. If a person had real love, this love that God had, wouldn't they naturally go to the person anyway? Because what does it serve to talk about the person behind their backs or wish that kind of stuff on it? That's, go to the person and leave it alone. Don't get mad. Like Dr. King said, God, I want to hate them. I really want to hate them. They were burning down his, uh, his homes. They were threatening the lives of his family. Uh, he went to jail. There was one situation where 
What was he doing? Oh, one of his, the guys who were working with him uh, was arrested. And the guy had not done anything wrong, right? And so on the day of the trial, Martin Luther King Jr. went to go to the trial, but they wouldn't let him in the courthouse. And uh, uh, the two officers said that, I'm not going to let you in. We're not going to let you in. What are you doing here, nigger? We're not going to let you in. And Martin Luther King said, well, I'm going in to the trial. I'm going to go in. No, you're not. We're, we're not going to let you in, right? And uh, he said, his wife was with him at the time. He said, yes, I am. I'm going in. No, you're not. And so they took him and, you know, held him down and they put him in jail. And, and they, when they put him into jail, they beat him up, right? But as a result of putting him in jail, something else unfolded. You know, like the people got upset and they got more involved with the movement. They protested a little bit more. So that wrong action made something else happen. When I say wrong action, the way they treated him was wrong. But because he did not overreact to it and then hate them for it, he did the right thing. It opened up. It caused something else good to happen. It really does. And that's what happened. One thing led to another one that led to another one that led to another one. And that's how good operates. But you're not going to see it until you're into it. Just like with evil, you don't see the actions that you're bringing on until you're in it. It just feels good right now, you know, blah, 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 right? So you, you got to wake up to this powerful, quiet uh, love. It is not God's will that any should suffer. It's really not. Just think about that. Isn't that something? But excellent point, uh, Rhonda. Did you have your hand? No. Uh, let's go here. Right. Let's do it, Bernie. Earlier, you talked about um, dealing with the pain of what others cause you and, and don't overreact to that, and that's love. I found the most difficult pain, though, to overcome, and maybe that's why the pain of overcoming what others do to me is, is difficult, is because when I cause the pain, you know, when there's something I've done wrong and I cause the pain, it feels like God is not with me then because yeah. I've done wrong. And I've caused the pain. And there doesn't seem, you know, if the pain like had a, um, you know, like in a, in, a, in a sports contest where there's a certain amount of time and the game's over, I don't see the end of it. Yeah. You know, and so I tend to uh, freak out about it because it, there seems to be no end to it. And you just reach for something to, to bail you out, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. I totally understand because it seems like God is not with you because you have done this wrong. You did it wrong, and now the pain is great because trouble is coming. Right. And blah, 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 right? It's that pain that Christ talks about when he says, you're not going to, he said, you, I, I, one of the prophets in the, in the they said, you're not, it was Christ. You're not going to get, you, you don't get any reward from suffering for a wrong you did. There's no reward from God, which, you know, plays on my mind about, you know, when I'm suffering that. <laughs> yeah. There's no reward there. Yeah. The, the reward comes when you can just simply acknowledge that you're wrong. Yeah, that was wrong. How did I do that foolish thing? And you realize that you were blind and couldn't see. Because when we are blind, we do foolish things. We can't see, right? But in that moment, because what happens is that you may not realize, the moment you do wrong and realize, Satan talks to you first. You're like, look what you've done. And look what's going to happen. You know, you're going to be destroyed. Whatever. He will tell you that right away. And, and, and unconsciously you believe it. And that's when the pain come, comes. Because now you have fear. You're afraid of what's going to happen as a result of what you've done. You're afraid of what's going to happen as a result of what you do, have done. So, but he's talking to you right away. And he tells you, you better do this. If you don't do this, maybe you can do this. Make a phone call. Do this to fix it, right? And the only reason feel as though God is not with you because you've gone unconscious and you're more conscious of Satan than you are of God. But if you could just feel that, stay still, God will reveal it to you. 
it will, it will, it will, you will come back to consciousness and be fine. And in the situation, will work itself out. It will absolutely work out. But you, you got to become conscious enough to see him talk to you just like that. You know, just like that. Otherwise, he'll destroy you. And God is with you. God never leaves you. It's just that you're still familiar, more familiar with your father, the devil. But he is always with us. Because he doesn't see our wrongdoing the way that we see it. Satan uses it against us, but he doesn't. I'll but, keep that in mind. No, he's with you. Next time, give it a try. Yeah, I will. Let's say you screw up. And Satan said, oh, look what you've done. Because he'll remind you to get you to react. Just don't do anything about it and see what happens. Give it time. Well, his favorite tactic is you've done this over and over. Uh-huh. He, whatever your weakness is is what he'll use against you. And he's not going to forgive you, but God will. People won't forgive you, but God will. And to hell with what people want. You got to make up your mind. Do you want what's right or do you want people? You're not going to have both. Right. Either you love the world or you love God. You're not going to be able to have both. It just doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't because I have tried. It absolutely doesn't work. It's amazing, too, how we try. We keep doing the same thing over and over even though it doesn't work, we still do it over and over and over again. Isn't that like crazy? <laughs> but it, it happens that way. It really does. But it's in us to know and it's in us to do. Uh, let me tell you here. But just next time, I'm, I'm sorry, Ray, one moment. Next time something like that happens, do nothing. Um, there's a way of living or allow life to happen. Anytime you put any effort into it, your will is being done and not God's will. Life will happen on its own. It will. You have to allow it to happen. You have to have the right attitude. Like last week, I said that one of the worst things that we can have is an opinion. When you have an opinion, you're not allowing life to happen. There's a right attitude to have about life, and that is, it is what it is. So let it happen. Martin Luther King was willing to go to jail, hadn't done anything, and he had made up his mind, well, it was just there, that he was willing to go to jail to end what was happening in the South to the people. And when they put him in jail, every, from what I can tell, from what I read, every time he went, the man had not done anything wrong. He had not broken any law, laws. It's just that the people around him couldn't stand the goodness in him because it was working for some reason. All the laws were against blacks at the time as far as riding the buses. They wouldn't hire blacks to work on the buses. But one man being guided by what was right was changing that just out of nowhere. Like an invisible thing was working through him. It will work. Yes, sir. I could be wrong about this. I always uh, believe that what Martin Luther King was trying to do is uh, <clears throat> set, a, uh, set an example for, people, uh, for all, uh, all people to follow, an example of grace under pressure. But people are, people are more frightened of the pressure and, more, and, see, uh, and willing to see the pressure and the pain rather than those who go through, go through it. And uh, uh, interesting. One of my best exa- examples is from a movie I saw called Viva Zapata. Pata, mixed the main, uh, with the main character, Emiliano Zapata, when he found out his bro- uh, that his brother was, uh, <coughs> brother to- uh, was destroying his, uh, everything he fought and built, uh, built for, he, um, he threw his brother out, uh, out, of, uh, out of his, off his la- land. Make a long story short. Because- and told the people that they should not find any leaders except the ones in themselves. Martin Luther King Jr., I am 100% convinced. Now, other things happen as a result of this, but Martin Luther King Jr., just as Jesus Christ, just as Gandhi, just as other people who have come along and quietly influenced the world and changed it, his one mission was to love. Because he understood that if blacks were were to come out of slavery and not hate what they have gone through, that they themselves would be free people, not only within, but without. And that's the same thing Jesus did. He was just telling us, don't hate. 
Don't matter what you got to go through. Don't hate. Don't hate. Don't hate. And that way, God has created love through us. And that's what Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, was, was uh, trying to get us, uh, get the blacks to do at that time. Don't hate. That's why he became irritated when the people wanted to hate back. They wanted to hate the white folks, and they want to kill them, and they want to do this and do that. He said, no, that's not even necessary. But when you are blind like that, you don't see that those things are not necessary. It looked like the only way out is to just physically fight. And that's not love. And it shows a lack of faith, too, in God. Let me tell you, John, real fast. Yes? In the beginning, you said that if uh, blacks had handled uh, slavery properly, they could have changed the world. But uh, what I noticed today is that uh, we have uh, uh, political slavery, that each time there's an election, um, city, state, or in the country, that uh, more and more of our liberties and our freedoms are getting uh, uh, taken taken away. So yeah. it just seems like at one time there was physical slavery with blacks, but now it seems like there's political slavery going on here with our con- in our country. Well, it's only because of that anger that they still hold on to. Now the family lives are all screwed up, so you got it in the homes. And then they've been told by their leaders that racism is the problem, the white man is the problem. So they're holding on to this anger. When you're angry, you're just blind. You make bad decisions. You don't see what to do, the thing to do that is right. Because they have not, they have not let the anger go. They didn't understand. Well, they were misguided once Martin Luther King was assassinated. The followers of, of uh, King took the message and twisted it for their own personal gain. So they don't see it. So that's what I said about evil. When you're blind, look like you're doing the right thing, but you're really doing the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. But because you're getting away with it for a little while, it look like the right thing, but it end up destroying you. Good work that way too. I am 100% convinced that if black Americans had understood Martin Luther King, once he was assassinated, there would be no black leaders. There will absolutely be no so-called black leaders. Black Americans would not be voted for people based on color. They would not. It just would not be a part of our world. I, I, I have no doubt. Because now you, you can see. You know, you see what's going on. And you see beyond the color of the issue. And you have that love that guides you. So that's why I was talking. That's why it's like that. They absolutely can't see because of that anger. And it's weird, too, because you don't know that you can't see until you're able to see. You're like, wow, I was blind and didn't know it. So that's why we got to just be that example of that and don't freak out. Do not freak out. Really. And the, the, the good thing about this is that God will take care of you. The material things that you think you want and need, um, the friendships that you think you want and need, the family ship that you think you want and need, the workship, whatever. It'll be added on to you. As a matter of fact, it's already at hand, but your anger don't allow you to see it. You got to have this perfect love. And this love, again, is not based on what you think about it, how you feel about it, because there's no feeling in it. There's no thought to it. It just is. It is a light unto our feet. And that's what Martin Luther King had. Now, whatever else they want to say about him, whether he cheated on his wife, whether he was a communist or, um, or they call him gay and all that kind of crap, I would look beyond that. I would look at the man's heart because that's how God deals with us. He looks at our heart, and he knows our hearts better than we know ourselves. So how do you get to this love? Get to know yourself. And let, and you're going to really understand this thing about let ye, without sin, cast the first stone. When you can see that you don't have any sin, then you cast a stone. And let me know when that happened. <laughs> really, let me know. Let ye, without sin, cast the first stone. When you can know that about yourself, no matter what you must endure, you will never judge your fellow man again. That's why God said, know thyself. So what I recommend, folks, in this 30 seconds we have left, that you spend time with yourself to get to know yourself. 
I ask God to let you see what's really inside of you and how you think and how you act and how you feel. Let, ask him to let you see your sin. That's going to start setting you free. And we can love one another in the way that Christ, Martin Luther King Jr., and Gandhi loved us as well. So let your anger go. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you guys and ladies for being here. I do appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.